Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride Your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast. And for those that listen, and the vast majority of you do listen from the United States of America, happy Memorial Day. It is Monday. I know a lot of you might not be listening to this on Monday. You might be off work, and it messes with your whole commute and schedule. I understand that, and therefore you might be checking this out on Tuesday, and that's okay. That is 100% okay. Happy Memorial Day. Hope you had a great weekend. I am, like I said, I'm back. I'm ready for this Monday show. I'm ready for this Monday morning conversation. For those that maybe don't know, I said this on Friday. I'm going to have a BTSC staff member that has not been on my show before, and I was really excited for it. This is Andrew Wilbar. Andrew Wilbar is probably our youngest member of the team. That's podcast team as well as the editorial team. But he is probably also the most controversial. He is one of the few members of Behind the Steel Curtain that is willing to stand up and say, I don't like what the Steelers did. And a lot of people don't agree with him. A lot of people, it ruffles their feathers. But to me, I actually find it rather refreshing that someone, even his age, is willing to stand up. He's a college student. Stand up and really say, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to believe what I believe everyone else can do that but I don't think I don't they, he didn't like a lot of stuff about the Steelers this offseason so I'm going to really be picking his brain in the second half of this show so make sure you stay tuned for all of that. Also as a quick reminder wherever you get your podcast in case you're finding this on Twitter or on the website behind the steel curtain.com you can find our podcast not just this Let's Ride podcast every Monday, Wednesday, Friday but also our whole lineup and network of podcasts that's our morning, noon and p.m. content wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Anchor, Pandora, you name it, we are there just search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain and you'll find us. So check us out. I think you will enjoy it. Trust me. Okay, this podcast and this topic, I saved it for Monday. And I saved it for this Monday because I knew I was going to have Andrew on. And the reason why I wanted to start off with this topic was based on everything that I just said about Andrew Wilbar. Andrew Wilbar is a guy that's not afraid to disagree with what the organization has done whether it's in the draft, whether it's in free agency, whether it's front office decisions, it doesn't matter. He is not scared to stand up and say, I don't think this is the right move. And so a lot of people on our staff even, they are not on board with that whatsoever. I know Dave Schofield, it really, really irks him sometimes when Andrew will on the Slack channel be kind of, oh, I didn't like this move, I was hoping for this, that, or the other. It can really get under your skin, and I get it. But the one thing that I wanted to talk about here was that Andrew is not alone. Andrew is not alone when it comes to people that are disgruntled, disappointed, and really are the antithesis of anyone like myself that feels like the Steelers had a tremendous offseason this past 2022 offseason. Whether it was free agency, whether it was in the draft, whether it was the decisions like, for instance, to hire Omar Khan as general manager. You want to hear more about my thoughts on that? Go check out my Friday show unless you missed it. And so there's a lot of people that are not happy with the way the Steelers are, where where they're, what's, as Mike Tom would say, where their arrow is pointing. And I'm trying to grasp and I'm trying to wrap my head around those types of thoughts and principles. And it's difficult for me because I trust the organization. 
I always have and I always will. Maybe maybe it's blind trust. I mean, when you think about how long it's been since the Steelers just won a playoff game, maybe it is a little bit of blind trust, but I don't know. Maybe it's because I saw them win two Super Bowls, go to three. Maybe it's because I've seen this team be so successful for so long that I just find myself sitting back there and saying, you know what, I trust what they're going to do. But today I want to talk to those people that don't. And that's the topic of discussion today. When will you learn to trust the Steelers organization? You might be listening to this wherever you listen to the podcast and thinking, well, Jeff, I, I trust the organization. And you might be just like me. And you might be an optimist just like me. And fantastic. I'm not shocked that you are a part of the ride or die crew because t- typically thoughts tend to align. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't like my outlook on the Steelers, and that's fine. They might think it's too rosy, too black and gold glasses, whatever you want to call it, too Homerish. That's fine. But for the people that are out there listening that say, man, I didn't like this move, this draft pick was horrible, I can't believe they brought in Omar Khan out of all the people to possibly bring in as the new GM. If that's you, if that's what you're saying, then the question that I titled this podcast is for you. When, if ever, will you learn to trust the Steelers? So this is for you, the fans and listeners. And the thing is, and this I've said this before, and I'll say it again. We all, we all that listen to me, that listen to our podcast, that follow the Steelers, are diehard, diehard Steeler fans. And as we sit here on May 30th, on Memorial Day, if you are listening to this podcast on a holiday in the offseason when the team is just doing OTAs Phase 3, preparing for mandatory minicamp, if you're listening right now, you're a diehard fan. There are a lot of fans that when the season ends, they turn it off, and then when training camp rolls comes around again, they'll turn it back on. They might turn it on for the draft, maybe a free agent move here or there if they see the big headlines or they get a notification on their phone. But for the diehard fans out there, we all want this team to succeed. And even someone like Andrew, and I'm going to trust me, Andrew's going to have more than plenty enough time to answer questions and to give his thoughts on things. Even Andrew wants the team to win. And he is okay if he says, boy, I was wrong, as long as the team is winning. That's what we all should want. However, the problem lies that everyone that listens, that is a diehard fan, feels like they are the expert now. And this isn't just with the draft. I'll talk about that in a second. They feel like they know more. Maybe it's because now with the internet and with everything, is all this information, whether it's testing the you know we're looking at statistics data analytics i mean you listened to two weeks ago on dave schofield stat geek where he had zebra technologies on to talk about the advanced analytics and the uh next gen stats that the nfl uses i mean this stuff is incredible and fans have access to all of it and so i guarantee you most fans that have that outlook that we know enough they're probably utilizing this stuff thinking this is everything that the steelers have What do they know that I don't? Well, I think there's plenty. But let's break this down. Because when you talk about trusting the team, when you talk about trusting the organization, where do things go wrong? Well, it starts in free agency. That's always the first thing that happens every offseason. And when it comes to free agency, there's always that common narrative that is, well, the Steelers got this guy, but man, they should have gotten this guy. That's common. 
And it's probably because, uh, let me give you an example. Levi Wallace, the Steelers get him in the first week of free agency. Well, but Stephen, Stephen Gilmore, Stephen Gilmore, however you say his name, he's still out there. They could have gotten him. They should have gotten him instead of Levi Wallace. Well, what you don't know is how much would it cost? Did the Steelers even put in a call? We don't know this information. And on top of that, does he fit the scheme they want to run? Maybe Levi Wallace, with Terrell Austin being the new defensive coordinator, is exactly what they want in a cornerback. But when you think about, you know, oh, they should have gotten that player, should have gotten that, I always say this. We really don't know the minutia of these deals right away. And I'll point to something that I, I think I talked about on the Steelers preview last Thursday with Dave Schofield and Brian Davis. And that was Chooks Okorafor. When Chooks Okorafor was signed to that three-year deal, the fan base was livid. They were up in arms. And I remember like Michael Beck, several other people were just, this is unbelievable. But when you find out the details of the contract, it proves that it's really a one-year deal hidden in a three-year deal package, meaning if after a year he doesn't play up to snuff, they want to get rid of him, they can, and it's not going to hurt the team that much. But the one thing that that the fans that always feel like they know more and the Steelers could do better, they have to keep in mind the salary cap. So everyone looks at the numbers. Like Dave Schofield does a great job updating uh, the salary cap. Once a player's numbers are introduced into the formula, he's updating it for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and then you see that number at the bottom, an estimated, I don't know, just as an example, $12.5 million remaining. And they're like, wow, this is great. Well, they could go out and sign this guy, or the, someone gets signed, and they're like, well, they could have signed that guy. Yeah, but you don't also want to waste all of your cap space. You just can't do that. That's not how it works. You should have some rollover money. So when it comes to free agency, it's easy for fans to say, well, they should have gotten this, should have gotten that. But we also don't know the details of what's going on behind the scenes. Go back to that Wallace example of being a bo- the perfect fit for what Austin wants. And then also like Gilmore, he might cost too much money. He, his asking price might have been too high. Then we get into the big one. And I'm talking about the NFL draft. This is, in my opinion, the biggest issue when it comes to fans who, like I said earlier, the biggest problem is everyone thinks they're an expert now. And I'm not one of those people. You listen to my podcast enough, you know that I have never and never will claim to know everything about college football. I will never claim to know everything that there is about these prospects uh, even what should or shouldn't do or what teams have these team needs, I don't, I honestly don't care if I'm being completely honest. I just don't care. And I remember before this past draft, people would ask me in, in the uh, mailbag segment on Wednesdays, Jeff, what were your traditions for the draft? I never watched it <laughs> before I started Behind the Steel Curtain, was working with Behind the Steel Curtain. I never watched it. What I would do is when the draft was over, I would say, who did the Steelers draft? And I would look at the list, and then I would maybe do some homework on those individual players. And so there are these people, Andrew's one of them, that are just head over heels for the draft. And it's exciting. It is an exciting event. But everyone in my opinion, when it comes to the people that really love the draft and really follow the draft closely, there's a part of me that feels like they all they want to do is say, I told you so. 
And so they might have their own grades, or they might feel like the Steelers should have drafted this player, not that player. And so, for instance, uh, let's just say that in the second round, Sky Moore was available. The Steelers take George Pickens instead. There were people, Shannon White's one of them. I know Shannon White would never say, I told you so. But at the same time, there are people out there that were probably screaming for Sky Moore to be a Steeler. They don't take him. If he ends up having a fantastic NFL career and is really blossoming with the Kansas City Chiefs, people are going to say, oh, Steelers could have had him, and they didn't. And so that kind of provides some doubt in their mind for whether they should trust the fan base. I I want fans to know that when it comes to the draft, no team, no GM, no coach gets every pick right. I mean, who's the one coach that everyone says, oh, he's up on this pedestal because he's just so great? That's Bill Belichick. He's also the GM. Guess what Bill Belichick can't do? Can't evaluate wide receivers to save his life. And so when you think about things, when you think about just the draft in and of itself, these predictions are crazy. They are crazy. Like, I know that Andrew Wilbar is going to – he was the Malik – Willis bandwagon he was driving that train and when he didn't go until the third round I'm sure that he had him he had several thoughts go through his head like man I had been saying this guy was a top 10 pick and he's not going to the third round well he wasn't Andrew was not alone by the way a lot of people had a team taking Malik Willis early in the draft and he falls all the way to the third round Some of these things that happen during the draft are absolutely insane and completely unpredictable. But at some point, we can't always try and second-guess everything the team does. No NFL team gets every move right. Not one gets every move right. Now, The last thing are like the organizational moves. So we talk about Omar Khan being hired at GM. And the coaches, Pat Meyer being hired as the offensive line coach, Or maybe it's Brian Flores coming in and being hired as an assistant and a linebacker's coach. It doesn't matter. Everyone always wants the second. Oh, they should have gotten Munchak. Well, Mike Munchak said that at the time the Steelers were looking for an offensive line coach, he was trying to stay out west. He didn't want to come back to Pittsburgh. Could he come back in the future? He seemed like he was leaving that door open, but no one knows right now. It's just one of those things where – here is where it co- here's what it boils down to. When you think about free agency, when you think about the draft, when you think about other organizational moves, it all boils down when it, for these fans that just do not trust the team that they always feel like they know better. And you're okay. That's okay to think that way. But if we really all want the Steelers to be the best they can be and we really just want them to succeed, and that's our ultimate goal here, Sometimes you have to trust the team. I'm going to point to something that uh, Mark Davison or Marky D on the Touchdown Under crew put on our Slack channel, and he said, sometimes you just have to sit back and enjoy the show and be a fan. I learned a long time ago, a long time ago, back when the Steelers were Tebowed in the playoffs by the when Tim Tebow and the Denver Broncos in overtime. We all know that memory. I don't need to bring that up. I've told this story about how I I realized when I tried to go out into my driveway and rip a mailbox cover off of the, my mailbox, which was a Steelers mailbox cover, obviously in the middle of January and almost ripped the mailbox out of the ground. I sat there and said to myself, I have no control over what's happening. What am I doing? And that's what I think fans should realize. We all want what's best for the Steelers. 
We also don't know what's going on in these free agent discussions between agents and organizations. We don't know how these Steelers evaluate talent for the NFL draft. And we also have no flipping clue what Omar Khan actually brings to the table outside of the fact that it's been very public that he is the salary cap guru. Yet everyone wants to feel as if they know more and they know better. We don't. So once you admit that, it, it is a little bit, it's freeing. It's a feeling where you say, you know what? I'm going to root my heart out for this team because I love them. I love them to death. I'm going to root my heart out, and I'm just going to sit back and say, you know what? I hope they put the pieces in place because we can't control it. We can't control it, and when you can't control it, you have to trust. And so it comes all the way back full circle to the very first question I asked you, the listener. If you're someone that doubts the team, if you're someone that has questions about the Steelers, it is when will you learn to trust the team? and the organization. Maybe the answer is never, and that's fine. You'll be that way for the rest of your life. Okay, great. At least you're honest with yourself. Maybe someone says, well, it's not till they win another Super Bowl. Okay, only one team wins it a year, though. Got to keep that in mind. If you can't look at this organization and say, I feel like they're heading in the right direction. I'm not sure what you're seeing that I'm not, or, or that I'm seeing that you're not. I guess I should put it that way. We have to learn to trust some of these moves that are made. It does not mean that you can't criticize the team. I am not saying that at all. You have every right to criticize the team, especially if you're someone that pays some of your hard-earned money, whether it's for tickets, merchandise, doesn't matter. You have every right to criticize the team, the coaching staff, the organization. That's fine. But since we can't control the moves that are made, sometimes you have to trust and hope that they are the best moves for the team. We're going to talk about this a lot more when Andrew Wilbar joins me, so make sure you stay tuned. Monday Morning Conversation coming up next. Be right back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is Monday, it is Memorial Day, and it is the second half of the Let's Ride podcast, in which case, it's time for the Monday morning conversation. And I talked about this on Friday, I said I'm going to have a BTSC member joining me on Monday, who has never been on a podcast on Let's Ride before, and I was really excited because it really ties in with the topic of the first segment, which is, when will you learn to trust the Steelers organization? Because I got to be honest, this guy can ruffle some feathers. And I welcome Andrew Wilbar to the show. What's up, Andrew? How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on the show. No problem. And if there were people that were could somehow view our Slack channel, and that gets talked about a lot on all of our podcasts, uh, it, it is kind of like our own little office space, and we can debate and things like that. Andrew is known to voice his opinion and get some. we'll get some pushback. Before we get to that, because we're going to talk a lot about that, Andrew, I want to ask you, um, first and foremost, how did you become a Steelers fan? 
Well, my grandfather, he grew up near Pittsburgh. Uh, he moved to Michigan, I believe, as a teenager, but he was his family was all Steelers fans. So he kind of brought that tradition to my mom's side of the family, and that kind of carried over onto me. Perfect. And how did you how did you find behind the steel curtain? You're a younger, you're a younger guy, you're still in college. Uh, how did you find behind the steel curtain? I think this would have been about 2014, 2015 range. I was just searching for like latest Steelers news. And there was some that randomly popped up. I think it was a free agent article or something. Um, and I clicked on it. Uh, after that, I'd come back searching through different things on Google. I had come through some draft content that I'd seen in the month of April. I think it was 2017. And then I saw several articles. And I'm like, okay, these, these are really interesting articles. I'd like to be able to voice my opinion. So I joined the site so I could comment on some of these articles um, and then started writing some things in the fan post section a little bit later on. Um, was just really impressed with the site. Um, just always enjoyed the ver- wide variety of opinions. Uh, and it was always very interesting to read. What's really interesting to me is you in general, because I remember, uh, you know, I've been doing the site. I've been running the site since like 2015 and people, I think it was, um, a guy that used to be our social media, no, not social media. He's be our moderator. And he's a very active user in the comment section. He would always send me an email saying, Hey, this Andrew did another mock draft. You should definitely think about promoting it from the fan post section up to the head, up to the, the, what we call the front page. And I'm like, okay. And I did. Well, eventually, I mean, you just kind of started working and then we got you on on board the editorial side. Now you're doing podcasts with Jeremy Betts. You're really our main go-to NFL draft guru. And uh, we, I'm, I'm very happy to have you on board. I want to ask you about the draft. You love the NFL draft. What is it about the draft that you like so much? I think it's just the anticipation and the just the suspense that builds up throughout the multiple months obviously i'm big into college football as well i'm a big university of michigan fan so i pay attention to college football for a long time as well i just always found it interesting just trying to not only on the expert side of trying to predict you know what's going to happen but just as it unfolds because there's so many unknowns that happen every year on the night of the draft that nobody expects that nobody predicts it's just it's truly one of the most interesting reality shows you can really find on television just the suspense of it i've always enjoyed now you like all prospects i mean so you follow college football really closely you have to if you're going to be at any type of nfl draft nick draft guru draft expert whatever you want to call yourself whatever people call themselves in that realm i mean you have to follow a lot of college football so i mean do you watch as much as you can and how do you how do you really stay in tune with everything that's going on in college football During the regular season, I make it my goal to find every week the three or four most important games of the week or the games that the highest profile players are playing in against good competition. Like I'm not going to waste my time watching Alabama go up against Florida A&M. I'm going to try to find games that I can actually get a good comparison uh, with talent. So Usually I'll try to watch three or four games per week during the regular season. Doesn't work out every week, but then throughout the draft process as unfolds, there's um, some on social media that will post condensed games um, or games that are just going from play to play to play. Some even have, if there's only one certain player I'm trying to pick out out of that game, they'll cut out all the plays, every play that that player is in the game. So that makes it a little bit easier to can kind of get as many prospects done in a shorter amount of time because I already have the film cut up and all the uh, snaps that I want to be able to see of this certain player to make an evaluation. 
how long have you been doing like the draft board, like your big board? Cause I know you'll, you'll reference players that the Steelers might pick up. Uh, I'll give you an example. When they picked up miles Boykin off of waivers, I believe in this lack channel, you said, Oh, I had a, this round grade on this guy. How long have you been doing that type of stuff? The first year I did any sort of big board with round grades, I believe it was 2016. Okay. That was the year that I w- I got really, that was the first year I got really upset at the Steelers draft. Like beforehand, <laughs> you know, I didn't know enough about the prospects to really even care a whole lot. I'm like, you know, I'll just, you know, whatever the case is, you know, I'm sure he'll turn out to be fine. And it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. And then I started watching some players and I, that year was the year the Steelers drafted Artie Burns. And I yes. just, I, I was not a fan of the pick. You weren't alone a, there, Andrew, just so you know, like that, that's, a, that's one you weren't alone with. A lot of fans are upset, but go ahead. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I it, 2016 was the first year. I think I only went like, I didn't go like a full draft length with amount of players. I may have had like, I don't know, maybe a hundred, 150 that I had ranked. It was an, a weird number. It wasn't like a defined number. Then I just started to grow every year. And this past year we got, I believe to 400 players on the big board this year. Uh, so it continued to grow and just my interest grew as time went on, get into start getting into some smaller school prospects uh, just my interest continued to grow every year. And I'm still, I just can't wait for the draft every year. It's literally my biggest three days of the entire year. My favorite three days. I'd say it's the best three day event in the world of sports. And I'll fight anyone who, who says anything different. <laughs> Very good. Well, let me ask you, not Steeler specific. I just want to ask you about the first round of this past draft. Like you said, it's the best reality TV show you can find. And I, I would agree. It, there is massive amount of suspense and there's always twists and turns things that you don't see happening i don't care who it is what's mel kuyper tony pauline like no one can forecast what's actually going to happen when the draft starts what was it about this year's first round again doesn't have to be steelers related that that had you thinking wow i can't believe that happened what was that this year i think it was the amount of trades there because i didn't see very many trades happening at the beginning because there wasn't going to be a big push for quarterbacks right at the top. So I didn't anticipate quite as many trades this year, uh, especially the Minnesota Vikings trading down 20 spots with the Detroit lions and only gaining a third round pick. And then a higher second round pick, they gave up their other second. So they didn't really gain much in return that that entire trade did not make a whole lot of sense to me. The other thing was obviously, and the thing I've probably been the most outspoken about was Malik Willis falling to the third round. I, I just, no and I would have never guessed that. And I don't think that many people did, but it's after all the months of people saying Malik Willis has now moved ahead of Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis is now the number one quarterback. I'm like, well, surely if there's any chance that he happens to fall to pick 20, the Steelers would take him. I had heard Todd McShay talking about how he had talked to Hugh Freeze, the head coach of Liberty. And he was saying how Mike Tomlin was just gushing about Malik Willis. And he's like, well, I love Malik Willis. I just don't know if he's going to be there at 20. I don't know whether that was true or not. Um, maybe they thought that Kenny Pickett was going to be long gone and Willis was kind of the guy they were going to take. Maybe they like Willis as well, but I, I just would have never anticipated him falling to the third round. I thought if anyone was going to fall, it would have been Pickett or Ritter. Ritter did fall to the third, but Malik Willis, I thought was a surefire first round pick. Maybe the biggest surprise I can ever remember in my short memory of drafts. You were the biggest Malik Willis supporter that I heard in the lead up to the draft. And clearly you were crushed when the Steelers made the decision that they did at 20. My question though, is about Willis itself. What do you think caused him to fall to the third? If if there's, if there's one thing that you're watching and you're thinking, okay, this might be why 
all 32 teams passed on this guy in the first and the second, and it wasn't until Tennessee traded up in the third to get him. What do you think it was about Malik Willis? Even if you, I know you don't feel like he was a third round pick because clearly you had a first round grade on him. But if there was one thing, what do you think that thing is? I think it was inconsistency against lesser known opponents. A lot, there were several games this past year where he had three interceptions and there were some bad throws. There were errant throws and they were games not against particularly elite defenses. But he lost a lot of talent the year before and his offensive line was one of the worst that I've ever seen, even at the college level, at that small of a college level. He was sacked, I believe, 70-something times this past year. I was watching the game against Ole Miss, a game I believe he was sacked like eight times. I mean, he was running for his life. He had three interceptions in that game. But the thing that I came away with was even though his team was so far down, he wasn't getting any help from his receivers. His receivers were dropping passes. He was already running right once he got the snap. He had no time in the pocket. He was still in there grinding. He was fighting. He was playing every play as if it was his last to ever play. And I just liked the heart and the character in that he seemed to play with. And as the pre-draft process went on and you saw how he got along with other people, whether it be at the receivers at the combine, I don't take away anything from quarterbacks throwing at the combine you're thrown against air, but I did come away impressed with the way that he got along with everybody else. He could crack up. He could have a good time. He congratulated other players when uh, they made a nice catch. He was always celebrating with his teammates doing something. He seemed to be a team first guy. And that was something that I didn't, I, I was kind of an unknown uh, after he had transferred from Auburn. Uh, but he's a high character guy. And that was kind of what surprised me because he has all the talent in the world. He is, it is scheme specific. You're going to have to have the right scheme. And I'm not entirely sure if Tennessee was a great fit for him, uh, but only time will tell. This is just a, one more general question before we get to Steelers specific stuff. You loved Malik Willis. And this is just an example because that's what you were talking about. So he goes to Tennessee. Is there going to be a part of you that, kind of roots for him that hopes he succeeds so that maybe your evaluation was right. Or maybe because you just have a soft spot for him, like are you that type of person or are you the type of person that, Hey, we, I wasn't the only person that swung and missed on this first round grade. It is what it is, whatever. Like how, what's your view on these prospects that you have high grades on that don't necessarily match when the draft comes up. I'm not going to root for him above Kenny Pickett or anything like that. I want Kenny Pickett to succeed more than I do Malik Willis by far because I am a Steelers fan first and foremost. But I, if Malik Willis does have success, obviously I'm not going to root for him against the Steelers. But if he goes and he's able to win a Super Bowl 10 years from now, you know I'll be happy for him. If the Steelers aren't in it, I'll probably be cheering for him just because I want to see him have some success. Uh, but would never be ahead of, say, if the Steelers are playing them or if uh, I obviously would rather see Kenny Pickett win a Super Bowl than Malik Willis. Right. Right. No, for sure. For sure. And that makes sense. All right. So let's look at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's look at this off season. Now this off season has been, I guess I think a good word is intriguing. It's been very intriguing. Whether you look at free agency, whether you look at the post Ben Roethlisberger era, starting the NFL draft that we've already talked about uh, the new hiring of Omar Khan as the general manager. If you were to think about this offseason, most people, myself included, would say that it has been a really good offseason for the Steelers. Whether it's labeled great, we have to see how it pay, plays out, meaning how did the free agents like along the offensive line get acclimated? These quarterbacks, how do they fall in terms of the starter, first, second, third, et cetera? How do you you think differently than most people on this podcast network? And this is why I'm asking you this question. 
How do you view the Steelers offseason in 2022 thus far? I think it's a mixed bag, but I do believe that they got better overall uh, from terms of the overall roster. I like some of the moves they made on the offensive line on the interior. I really like Mason Cole at center. James Daniels was an excellent signing at guard. I believe Kevin Dotson will play really well with them. It's really just the tackle positions. I think the bigger issue that I've had this offseason has been their coaching and front office decisions. Uh, Pat Meyer, I did not understand that hire. Panthers had the 31st rated offensive line in the league last year, um, really only ahead of the Steelers. And he had a decent amount of talent on that line. He did have some injuries as the season went on to deal with, uh, but I didn't understand that hire. I also... Omar Khan, I'll give him a chance, uh, but I was not a particular fan of having a salary cap guy be the one to take over as the general manager. I want someone with a little bit more scouting experience, uh, but I'll give him a chance. We'll see what happens. I am not. I was a little bit puzzled by the Miles Jack signing just because he's not a traditional Buck linebacker, and the Steelers tried fitting two guys who were not Buck linebackers last year when they added Joe Schober in with Devin Bush, and that didn't really work out either. So I'm not sure if this will be any better. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see. I think they have a good amount of talent. Levi Wallace will be a good number two corner. Um, Witherspoon, I see him more as a number two guy as well. It'd be nice if the Steelers could add somebody else at corner. But overall, I think this is a team that could make a playoff push. I believe they're definitely in contention to be a wild card team. And if the AFC North teams can beat up on each other, uh, I, there's, I think there's at least a slight chance that the Steelers could potentially come away with winning the division. Okay, so you brought up a lot of free agents. You talked about Omar Khan. Um, this NFL draft, what was your favorite pick out of the Steelers' seven draft picks? I would go with Kelvin Austin. I had a late second, early third round grade okay. on Austin. I felt, felt like he was really good value there. A little bit smaller than a little bit, not so much in terms of wingspan. He has a good wingspan, uh, but his frame is a little bit slight, so I have some concerns about durability. Uh, but he can go up and get him. He has... He has great loft on his jumps. I I absolutely love what I saw from him in college. He separates late with his deep speed. There's a difference between having speed and being able to separate with that. He has a second gear, and I like how quick he is off the line of scrimmage as well. He's not just able to burn people deep. He can run routes across the middle of the field, and if you can give him some room to work with after the catch, he can make some big plays for you that way too. What about DeMarvin Leal? You like him? You like that pickup in the third He's talented. I I wasn't really looking in that area for the Steelers just because I figured that I was expecting Stefan to, to be a for sure comeback. I thought the Steelers were not going to really look at defensive end. They had some pieces there. They had Montrevious Adams who can play all up and down the defensive line. I didn't expect the Steelers to go this way. Uh, he was arrested, I believe, for possession of marijuana back in December. Yeah. Uh, so there are some off-field concerns. But uh, he is a very talented player. Back a year ago in my way too early mock draft, I'm pretty sure I had him going in like the middle of the first round. Uh, so looking a year back, I think the Steelers got decent value here in the third round. Uh, it just was not a position I was necessarily wanting the Steelers to target because I felt like there were bigger needs. But obviously, if Stefan Tuitt doesn't come back, this may be the perfect pick. Okay, so this is a question that a lot of BTSC members probably want to ask. And it's because you are, and I, I actually find your takes refreshing in the fact that you don't just pander with the rest of the fan base. You are someone that is willing to say like with Omar Khan, you weren't happy with that them choosing Khan as the GM. Um, you're you've been very vocal about how you didn't, you weren't crazy about the Kenny Pickett selection at 20. I don't have any problem with that. My question for you is though, 
Do you trust the Steelers organization with, you know, whether it's Art Rooney II, Mike Tomlin, do you trust the organization to make the right moves? I would say yes, most of the time. <laughs> you can't say yes then if you say most of the time. I, like most, of, most of the time. I, I've never been the biggest fan of Art Rooney II um, just because I – to me, he's never seemed to be quite the football guy that Dan Rooney was. Right. Um, and obviously, it's you, it's you can't really replace Dan Rooney. He's one of a kind. Um, it only time will tell, I guess. But all I know is that ever since Dan Rooney has passed away, there's been there's just seemed to be a greater amount of questionable decisions that has been made within the organization. Um, and just then there that was kind of when the concerns about Antonio Brown's character was brought up because he seemed to get along really well with Dan Rooney. And after Rooney passed away was when we started to see AB acting up a little bit more. And, you know, does Mike Tomlin have control of the locker room? And I think Mike Tomlin's a good coach. Um, I don't know if the Steelers could really do any better if they were to fire him and get somebody different. So that's why I haven't really jumped aboard the fire Tomlin train. Um, but I've been a little bit disappointed with their lack of postseason success in recent history. Uh, I don't, I'm not in the room, so I don't have access to know exactly what the exact reasons are, why they haven't been able to get over the hump. Uh, but most of the time I would say, yes, I do. I just get a little bit too invested into the draft and free agency and the guys that I think would be perfect fits. And obviously the Steelers just see things different philosophically. No, you're right. And I, I, again, I appreciate your honesty. Now let's talk about two more questions for you here before I let you go. What are your expectations for 2022? You said you think this team could be a playoff team and that i i i am kind of on that board as well what, what do you think in terms of win totals is the ceiling and the floor for this team i would say the ceiling would probably be i'm thinking 11 wins right now i think that's a fair okay. number uh i believe mitch trubisky if he gets a chance to start i think he's an excellent fit for matt canada's offense uh, his ability to play under center his ability to make throws on the run outside the pocket uh, I just think he's going to fit in really well with Canada's system. Uh, I, I think if you have the defense, if, they're, if we're able to stop the run, that's the big concern with having Miles Jack and Devin Bush there. They're both more coverage linebackers. We can stop the run. And as long as the Steelers can get by with having two number two corners and not really having a true number one, I think that other than this, we have a pretty complete roster. I think now that the Steelers have more mobility at quarterback, maybe the offensive line won't seem to be quite as big an issue. I'm still concerned about the tackles. Uh, but I would say the floor, if Trubisky, all of this talk about Trubisky not reviving his career, uh, about reviving his career, if that's false, and if Kenny Pickett is just not as ready as what I thought he was coming out, uh, there could be some issues if the offensive line still isn't fixed. Um, I think you're going to see kind of the same old Steelers, except without Ben Roethlisberger. So I would say the floor probably I would say six wins that and that is crazy and you're not you and my I, I think about it myself and the range that you're talking about from wins to you know, ceiling to floor in terms of win totals is just so drastic I can't remember a season that's like that but last question for you here Andrew before I let you go after everything that you've seen and this has been such a you know, it's an intriguing offseason but it's it's such a turning point in my opinion for the the organization in and of itself do you have hope in the direction and the trajectory of this team, or is there a more that gives you pause than there is hope? What are your thoughts? I think that the Steelers are going to be stable with just from the decisions that they made with Kenny Pickett remaining in house with their general manager. They know what they have. Um, 
I think the bigger question is overall ceiling. Can they, will they be able to get over the hump and be able to win Super Bowls with the current regime that they have? Uh, but I think they're going to be stable going forward. It's just a question of will they be able to take that next step and be able to start winning championships again? Wow, not a big, not a big vote of confidence in the hope for the future. But hey, I, I always appreciate your honesty. Um, all right, Andrew, go ahead and tell all the listeners out there, my ride or die crew, where they can find you on social media and anywhere else, anything else you want to plug. Can find me at Andrew Wilbar on Twitter. That's at Andrew underscore W I L B A R. Um, just be checking out behind the steel curtain for draft content really throughout the year. I've been doing some early 2023 uh, draft analysis. Uh, just came out with the quarterbacks this past week. Just going to start going through some positions. Going to focus mostly on positions that the Steelers will actually be looking at. Um, but uh, just be checking that out. Uh, Jeremy and I with the Steelers draft, uh, excuse me, the Steelers fix podcast. Now um, we'll be getting into some fantasy football over the summer, which Steelers you guys should be drafting in your fantasy drafts. Um, just discussing whatever is big with the Steelers. We enjoy debating the popular topics. Um, we just have a lot of fun. So be sure to check out the Steelers fix podcast, which I believe comes out every Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday so be sure to check that out. Hey, and all the listeners out there, in case you haven't checked it out, that show is quickly moving up my power rankings of BTSE podcast. So just so you know, I have not given my any official power rankings, but they are moving up. So check that out. Andrew and Jeremy do a great job. Andrew, thank you for your time. And I'm sure we'll be talking soon. Thank you. Take it easy. All right, and a big thank you to Andrew for taking the time out of his busy schedule to talk about all things Steelers, whether it was the NFL draft, the offseason expectations, hope for the future, you name it. Make sure you check out Andrew's work on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com as well as he and Jeremy Betts. I'm going to have Jeremy on the show soon uh, from the Steelers Fix. Check that show out. Like I said during the interview, that is that show is quickly moving up my BTSE Network power rankings. I've been really enjoying their stuff. They're doing a great job. Okay. I want to finish this just by saying happy Memorial Day one more time. And to anyone out there that knows someone that lost their life serving the United States of America in the, their armed forces, doesn't matter the branch, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, doesn't matter. Thank you. And even if you know someone, and I know it's not Veterans Day, it's Memorial Day where we remember those that gave the ultimate sacrifice for our country. If you know someone that is serving, tell them thank you. Thank you for your service because they might not have given the ultimate sacrifice now, but they might at some time. And I think that it's important that we don't wait until these people are gone, that we then take time to thank them. So if you know someone that's serving, like my nephew who's in year two in the United States Marine Corps down in North Carolina, send him a text, send him a letter if you have to, and say, I wanted to thank you for your service. We appreciate it because I appreciate it. And I appreciate every single one of you that's listening to this show. Take it easy. Have a great, I hope you had a great extended weekend. And make sure you're looking out for that tweet on Tuesday. You can follow me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. It'll be around noon or so. I'll put out the tweet saying, hey, need questions for the mailbag? You know what to do from there, and I'll answer every single one. But I will be back on Wednesday to talk all things Pittsburgh Steelers. In the meantime, you know we finished out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Go Steelers. We'll see you on Wednesday.